0: The game is done. David, you are my favorite Dodger insider. Time for Dodger Talk. Are you ready for the brand new day? Let me hear you. We break down all the action and give you your chance to react. David Basset is going to join us. LA's favorite set. 866-987-2578. We are rolling, boy, rolling. It's time for Dodgers baseball. All right. Dodger Nation. Dodger Talk is brought to you by Chef Marito, Seasoning partner of the Dodgers. By Navien Tankless Water Heaters. For endless hot water, visit tanklessmadesimple.com. And by Chevrolet. by new roads. And now your host for Dodger Talk, David Besset.
1: We are live at Oracle Park in San Francisco after the Dodgers shut out the Giants 5 to nothing. Welcome to Dodger Talk. David Vasse with you for the next 40 minutes right here on AM 570 LA Sports taking your phone calls at 866-987-2570. Jose Mota will join us at 11:15. You'll hear Part of my pregame conversation with Trey Turner coming up shortly regarding his pending free agency, but... Dustin May was the story of the night. The Dodgers were looking for him to have better command. He did. He pitched five no-hit innings and only threw 69 pitches. And I feel like in 2022, we're all numb and accepting that, oh, yeah, you know what, 69 pitches for a guy coming off Tommy John surgery, uh, that's enough, even if there is a no-hitter. The no-hitter, uh, that doesn't mean as much. Uh, To me, a no-hitter still means a lot, and one day I would love to see pitchers allowed to go for no-hitters, but unfortunately, the circumstances tonight, I was lock and step with Dave Roberts' decision to take Dustin May out of the game. Maybe one more inning, but then, okay, you're letting Dustin May go out for the next inning, He puts up zeros again and all of a sudden now it's six no-hit innings and it becomes a a little bit tougher to take him out of the game with a no-hitter through six. But after five and obviously knowing more than we do when the game starts, it made a lot of sense why Dave Roberts took Dustin May out, not just for the stuff on the surface only his fifth start since coming back from Tommy John surgery, the playoffs looming and the Dodgers needing Dustin May to be healthy and fresh to go for October, whether that's in a starting role or in a reliever role, the Dodgers need Dustin May in October. But little did we know there were some other underlying issues on why Dave Roberts decided to cut short Dustin May's outing tonight.
2: Yeah, no. no. Um, he, he, he had enough, he had maybe another he had another inning maybe. Um, obviously, with having to push him back a few days um, because of some arm soreness, uh, it was you know the thought was potentially another inning. But I just felt that um, coming off the other off day where we were at, getting him out of the game feeling good um, is the win. And um, considering how he threw the baseball the last couple times, building off tonight. Going on regular rest, his next turn was uh, the smart decision.
1: So we find out that Dustin May, after his last start in San Diego, had some arm soreness. And that's the reason why, with the day off yesterday, the Dodgers still inserted young Michael Grove to pitch Wednesday night in Arizona to give Dustin May a couple of extra days of rest and everybody else in the rotation a couple of extra days of rest. But primarily, this was to serve Dustin May, and it worked. He went five no-hit innings, had really good command, and he was taken out after 69 pitches. So uh, he was able to throw strikes more as far as percentage goes than he has in his past three starts. But more importantly, his arm felt good tonight. And the one thing that we were monitoring was his emotions as well. Little did we know he had arm soreness to a level where the Dodgers wanted to get an extra day's rest for him. But after his last start in San Diego where he let his frustrations and his emotions boil over, I caught up with Clayton Kershaw because there was a scene in the Dodger dugout after Dustin May came out of the game where Kershaw was counseling the young right-hander to Texans, so they speak the same pitching language, I would imagine. Here's what Clayton had to say as far as what those words were to Dustin May last weekend in San Diego.
3: What helped me the most was kind of like a hands-off approach, you know, and I didn't... uh... I didn't necessarily get a lot of, like, hey, here's what you need to do, but I think that was a good thing. And so that's what I try to kind of do. Like, I don't tell anybody what they should and shouldn't do, but um, here and there there's a few things, um, whether it be, like, pitch selection or, like, reading different hitter swings or different things like that that I try and give them if they – sometimes guys are like, oh, that's great, thanks, and other people blow it off and, you know, whatever. It's great. But, uh, you know, there's there are certain things at times where I try to help with and um, – you know, yeah. The other night with D May, there was just some things on the field that I was like, "Hey, there's here's some things I think might have helped in those situations." And um, you know, he did a great job getting out of a lot of jams, but he put himself in some jams too. So there's there are some things that he could get better at. But overall, you know, he he got out of big situations, which is which is great.
1: You've told me repeatedly with a right-handed pitcher, there's not a lot you can do. But are you trying to preach, trying to harness the emotions?
3: Um, you know, I I don't think you need to when it's going good. Uh, if you're an emotional guy on the mound, I think that's great. If you're uh, if things are going great, you know, I think uh, I think at times when things aren't going great, um, people kind of feed off your energy out there, whether it be good or bad. So, for myself personally, I just try when something bad happens, try to act like you're the same guy. And um, and some people handle it differently, but you know, I think for me, that's kind of what I do. Try to stay level when it's negative, and then when things are going great, do whatever you want.
1: All right, there was Clayton Kershaw last weekend in San Diego after Dustin May's uh, start where we saw him counseling the young Dodger right-hander, and tonight, maybe some of the advice that Kershaw gave him paid off. He was throwing more strikes tonight as he was able to throw 69 pitches in tonight's game, and he threw 40 of them for strikes. And that's a big deal for any pitcher, strike one. And for Dustin May, he did not have great command over his pitches the last three starts, and he only threw 60% of his pitches for strikes. Uh, tonight, a much different story. 866-987-2570 is the phone number. Dodgers win their 50th game on the road, the most in Major League Baseball this season with a 5 nothing win over the San Francisco Giants, who are now 30 and a half games back of the Dodgers in the NL West. Speaking of the standings, I know the Dodgers have sewn up the NL West and obviously are going to be the top seed in the National League with a 99 and 44 record with 19 more games to go. But everybody is wondering, who are the Dodgers going to face in the NLDS? There are five days off. I'll remind you, five days off from the last day of the regular season to game one of the NLDS. So the Dodgers will be sitting back, uh, aligning their roster, aligning their pitching staff for whoever comes out of that NLDS wild card or that wild card series for the NLDS. And the Dodgers are going to play the winner of the Atlanta Braves or Philadelphia, Atlanta Braves and Philadelphia Phillies series, as it stands right now, the San Diego Padres are the final wild card team in the National League, and the division winner that has the worst record of the three division winners plays the lowest wild card team, and that would be the St. Louis Cardinals, who are 85 and 60 well behind the Dodgers and Mets as it stands, and if the Braves were to overcome the Mets in the NL East, well behind the Braves as well. So the Cardinals would play the lowest wildcard team, and right now it's the Padres hanging on by a thread, just one game better in the loss column, then the Milwaukee Brewers. My guy, Snell Zilla, seven scoreless innings in the desert to help the Padres win tonight and hold that last wild card spot. But it's not a foregone conclusion. The Padres will be part of the National League playoffs this season. 866-987-2570 is the phone number, so that's how it looks right now. The Phillies and Braves, an NL East interdivision rivalry, to be played in a three-game wild-card series, best-of-three wild-card series between two NL East teams, the Braves and the Phillies, if the playoffs were to start today. Speaking of the East, Trey Turner, as we know, played the majority of his career with the Washington Nationals in the National League East. He's from Florida, went to North Carolina State for college baseball. He's an East Coast guy. And Bill Plunkett of the Orange County Register, interviewed Trey Turner while we were in Arizona on Wednesday and asked him about his free agency and asked him about the perception that he wants to play on the East Coast. And his answer got some traction and it kind of went viral. And before today's game, I wanted to ask Trey what he felt about all that. And honestly, just wanted you to hear his voice his tone because when it shows up in print sometimes you could read it differently than what the player is trying to say so here was my conversation with trey turner part of the conversation with trey turner specifically about his pending free agency i'll let you know what people think of trey turner i can't go more than a couple of days without somebody calling the show or stopping me somewhere asking me is trey turner staying can the dodgers keep trey turner um, can you just speak to the reality that you're a free agent at
4: the end of the year and everybody in Los Angeles wants to keep you here? Yeah, you know, I've talked about it a lot in the last six months, and uh, you know, I think this is definitely a place I would I, I would love to play and see myself playing. Um, you know, there's a lot of questions, obviously, in the off season, and we'll have those talks, but, um, you know, there's – all positivity on my end and 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 i think um the same can go for you know the front office here we've had good talks over the year um not necessarily contract talks but just talks about you know being here long term and whatnot and uh, they'd love to have me and i and i like to stay but at the end of the day it's uh it's a business so we'll see what happens and um you know i think it's definitely a possibility it's it's just uh you know not time for that yet and, and and I'm excited man I'm excited for the rest of the season and, and trying to win a championship and that's you know what I've been focused on that's kind of what I told them early in the year is if we don't get something done in spring training I'd like to you know focus on the season and and they uh they've um You know, listened to me in that, and and done everything I've asked on my end. So I appreciate them for that, and um, you know, definitely have talks down the road. But um, you know, right now it's still it's still baseball season, still uh, postseason to be had, and then uh, you know that's down the road. It's weird how people are trying to make that decision for you already. It feels like everybody believes that you're
1: headed back east no matter what. And there was a solar flare article Mm -hmm. the last
4: couple of days. Uh, How does that make you feel when you see people already trying to? make that decision for you yeah it's been a been a big topic um lately is you know me going back east and you know i think it's more of a viewpoint of i would love to live at home for 12 months and (laughs) and and never leave and stay in my own bed and uh be around my family be around my parents and and whatnot so when i say yeah i would love to stay home or go back east and that's kind of what i mean is i would love to sleep in my own bed for 12 months but um you know that's not reality and and at the end of the day I'm going to have to make a decision where you know I want to play the rest of my career and there's so many questions so many Um, things that I have to discuss with, you know, my family, but um, that I don't rule anything out in free agency. uh, You know, everything's in play. Uh, You know, I made that comment about a year and a half ago uh, that I... That long ago? Yeah, or (laughs) about a year ago. It was more so that I didn't want to sign, you know, an extension um, with a team that I never had played for and I didn't know anything about. And I didn't want to just make it about money. And uh, I wanted to be a place where I wanted to be. And um, so now, you know, looking back at that, um, you know, this is a place that you know I could be. So um, I think everything's in play, uh, and w- would I love to be home all year? Sure, but um, you know, that's that may or may not happen, and are actually not going to happen because I don't live next to next to <laughs> a, a MLB team, really. So um, we'll see what happens. Like I said, there's so many questions, so many answers, but I try to gather as much information as I can before I make a decision, and um, that's what I'll do this offseason.
1: All right. There was Trey Turner before today's game talking about his pending free agency. It's a question, like I told him, I'm asked at least once every couple of days, and you heard it straight from Trey. He doesn't just want to shut out the Dodgers to go back to the East Coast. What it's going to come down to is who's going to pay his value. That's what it comes down to in free agency. It's not about... How much he loves his teammates at this point in time, this is his opportunity to be a free agent. And look, when you hear players uh, wanting their value, it's not just about the monetary. Obviously, that's a big part of it. But let's not forget, these guys have a lot of pride in what they do and what they think about their abilities. So going even back to, you know, when uh, Wilt Chamberlain, Jerry West, and Elgin Baylor. We're all teammates with the Lakers, and Bill Russell was with the Celtics. When Wilt Chamberlain found out how much Jerry West made, he said, I want a dollar more. When he found out how much Bill Russell made, he said, I want a dollar more. When Shaquille O'Neal was a free agent, and he found out how much Alonzo Mourning was going to get paid, he said, I want more than that. I'm a better player than him. And I'm sure Trey Turner believes he's a better shortstop than a lot of players out there. So he's going to want to get paid more than them. Uh, that's that's part of the dynamic here. And the Dodgers have the wherewithal to bring back Trey Turner. And we always talk about the sum being greater than the parts. Well, this Dodger sum is greater with Trey Turner part of it. 866-987-2570 is the phone number. Emily was at Oracle Park tonight. Hi, Emily. You're on Dodger Talk. Hey, Dave. How's it going? It's going great. Always nice to beat the
5: Giants up here. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. My husband and I are huge, huge, huge Dodger fans since the late 70s, but we live up here in the Bay Area. And so, you know, we have to make it over to Oracle, which is which is cool. Um, I'd say it was about 50-50 with Dodger and Giants fans tonight. The Giants fans were very quiet. This was awesome. Um, But before the game, we saw you. We were trying to call out to you, but, you know, you were busy talking to Clayton Kershaw because I guess that was more important.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You know, we like to talk shop before the game sometimes, Emily. I'm sorry I didn't hear you, but uh, happy you had a great time here at, at Oracle Park.
5: No, we had a really good time. Actually, what I wanted to call you, besides watching a great game, which was so well played, you know, all the two-out base hits, you know, no one's really swinging for the fences, looking like they're tuning up for the playoffs was awesome. But the other thing was we had so much fun watching Joey Gallo go through his routine when he's in the batter's box. You don't see that on TV, but our vantage point was right there. And, my God, he's going to have – A really big problem next season when that clock happens because he's got this specific thing that he does that takes a very long time and it's so specific. I'm sure you know what I'm talking about.
1: Yes. And I actually found out from his teammates early on that not only in the batter's box, Emily, but even before then on the on deck circle, he's a very messy guy on the on deck circle. He has uh, somewhat of the ADD kind of type of thing going on there so he's a messy guy on the on-deck circle really spreads everything out there and then like you said a lot of uh, ring a uh to get into the batter's box so great point by you and uh, thanks for calling in appreciate it
5: yeah thanks Dave thanks so much for everything we love listening to you thanks so much
1: Thanks, Emily. Glad you guys came out here and enjoyed a Dodger win, 5 to nothing. Andre Ethier was also out here. He brought his oldest son out here for his birthday to see a Dodgers-Giants game. Andre was on the field. He was uh, shagging a little bit, so it was great to see him back in uniform. And I asked him, I said, where's Matt Kane?" Because he owned Matt Cain when he played for the Dodgers and the Giants right-hander, who was one of the best, just had a real tough time getting Andre Ethier out. So every time I see Ethier uh, in San Francisco, I immediately think of how well he did against Matt Cain. 866-987-2570 866-987-2570 is the phone number. We're going to take a timeout here on Dodger Talk. When we come back, we'll check in with Jose Moda. Plus, we'll get you an update on Blake Trinan and Tony Gonsolin after the Dodgers shut out the Giants 5 to nothing on AM570 LA Sports.
0: Dodger Talk is available on AM570LASports.com and on the iHeartRadio app. Back to more Dodger Talk with Dodger insider David Vasse.
1: David Massey live at Oracle Park, where the Dodgers shut out the Giants five to nothing behind five no-hit innings by Dustin May, and I guess five is the number of the night because not only did the Dodgers shut out the Giants five to nothing, not only did uh, the Dodgers Dustin May pitch five no-hit innings. It is number 55's birthday and when I say 55 there is only one 55 that we think of and that is the Bulldog Oral Hershiser who celebrated his 64th birthday tonight so happy birthday to Oral Hershiser and the Dodgers got him a win in San Francisco. 866-987-2570 is the phone number and also the Dodgers win their 50th road game of the season. They have 19 more games to go as they are looking for their 100th win tomorrow night here in san francisco we'll get back to your phone calls in just a moment but first let's check in with our guy jose moda and jose dustin may 69 pitches tonight 40 of those pitches were strikes he obviously was back on track
2: you know what uh dave i love the fact that he went to what is, you know, the principal thing to do to find command again, and that's to throw more fastballs. So his fastball and his cutter were at play, and that was the majority of the pitches that he made. And I also liked how, um, you know, how Will Smith set up, you know, middle of the plate. First of all, you got to find the plate. You find the wide of the plate, and then from there you start moving around. So he did a very fine job allowing him to get comfortable, to challenge hitters, to go out there and unload at 100 miles an hour, and only one ball was hit hard against him a remarkable way to go out there and get it done today and also i'm sure
1: jose it must give him some confidence that he could come out here and i know the giants are not a great lineup but san francisco's a tough team to play in their home ballpark to come here and pitch five no hit innings that's got to be something
2: yeah and you know somebody like him we know that um you know through the years you have done your homework yourself you talk to players and you know, the last thing you're going to find after Tommy John surgery is not velocity, it's not breakable, it's not, you know, movement, it's, it's command, it's, it's being consistent in what you want to do with a baseball, even if you have to miss, it's where you miss, and it takes a while to do that, and uh, without sacrificing any velocity, <laughs> he was on today, I mean, I see the three strikeouts here in the third inning, the last two at 100 miles an hour. And, obviously, he took care of the bottom of the order, got helped by a double play, got helped by the defense. Um, So it's important. I think answering that call today at least allows himself to say, hey, I'm a big part of this. I know that I'm going to be able to contribute with this ball club. You can only build off of this. And, um, you know, now that we know that he did have a sore arm, I am so glad that there's the extra off day push him back it, but so also let him understand that sometimes it's part of the process and where you're going to have a little soreness here and there to uh break off that tissue. Jose,
1: let's have some fun here. Obviously the circumstances right. uh, the, the circumstances prevented Dustin May for trying for a 9 inning no hitter to complete the no hitter tonight. But do you believe that he had no hit stuff that he could have gone four more innings to complete it?
2: He could have gone four more innings, but at what cost? Oh, man, just projecting, you know, had this been just any other start? Of course. He had the stuff. He was down in the zone. He was up in the zone. He had velocity. He had command. Uh, he had these hitters guessing a lot, and then he was not shying away from contact if he needed to. And the defense was on. I think that play by Joey Gallen in the very first inning of Jock kind of set a tone for somebody who is coming off battling, you know, some control issues to go away. Those guys back there are going to help me out. But, man, Dave, that stuff is absolutely electric. It plays well in and out of the zone. Uh, the swings and misses. The breaking ball command was good. And, uh, boy, i love to see this happen maybe when he's extended, um, you know, about a few months from now when he's able to go 110 pitches because at some point we might see this repeat again and we might be counting the outs with him on the mound.
1: Jose Moda is joining us from San Francisco after the Dodgers defeat the Giants 5 to nothing in game one of this three-game series between the Dodgers and Giants. The Dodgers' last trip to San Francisco, unless there's a rainout on Sunday night baseball. But Jose, uh, Cody Bellinger, I thought he had a really nice game, hitting ninth for the Dodgers tonight. He was on base twice. He stole two bases. The fourth inning was tremendous. He drove in a run, he stole a base, and he scored a run. I thought... Cody Bellinger had a big part in tonight's win
2: you know that's great for him uh, for Cody to know that um, he's still a big contributor to this ball club and as uh, we have said so many times Cody doesn't need to be anything else but what he is right now and just a better version Uh, the athleticism is there the will to do it is there and I think Dave also very important is when you get an endorsement you know publicly from somebody like Mookie Betts who publicly said how important you know, Cody Bellinger is, whether he read it or not, it means a lot. And, and it means if somebody's paying attention and understands the value that you have, whether you get a hit or strike out three times in what you do in the baseball field. Um, but Cody, we know, is athletic. He can steal base. I mean, Dave, overall, the at-bats, the at-bats put together with two strikes. So they were some of the best I've seen all season from the Dodgers. And, and Cody was a big part of that. Um, obviously he goes out there and gets it done in the outfield, uh, knowing that you have to cover a lot of ground here, too. So, you know, small steps. Um, you know, it's been a little inconsistent the playing time for Cody. But, you know, this is a guy that the Dodgers do need to be on his game, um, not maybe to the MVP level that he was. And we don't never know what the big lights are going to bring, but uh, at least get him into October with confidence and putting the ball in play a little bit more and shortening down the swing and, and taking the walks, too, And because we know in center field he's unmatched.
1: All right, Jose Mota, last thing for you. I haven't asked you this yet, but with 19 more games to go, what are you looking at the most as the Dodgers go down the stretch?
2: Uh, Fortifying the starting rotation, uh, getting some answers there, um, getting some guys back. um, And beyond that, then the arms, they're going to be fortifying the bullpen too. I mean, you got Gratterall, you have obviously Yancey, uh, Tommy Canley is back, and we know that in the postseason, if he can shorten a game, you are going to be on the driver's seat. And for sure, it's good news to know that at least those guys in the bullpen are, are making their way back. And obviously for Tony Gonsolin to answer the bell maybe allow himself to be a contributor with four or five innings as a starter and long reliever it's all the things. But um, I think the key here for me is it's, it's Andrew Heaney. Uh, the Andrew Heaney that you want to see is the one that's going to be challenging and making it hard for Dave Roberts to keep him out of that rotation, regardless of what series you're in, or at least to make it a factor in one of those, um, you know, long relief roles that we know are very important also, you know, in the postseason. season. But, um, you know, one more thing David, is, is the game that Dodgers played today on the offensive side with a stolen basis in twice moving a runner from second to third. Okay. With nobody out said by who? Well, the captain himself, Justin Turner, he set the tone on that. He got it done. Joey Gallop put the ball in play. This is more what they need to really focus on to go out there and beat tough pitching in the postseason. Great game tonight.
1: All right, Jose. We'll check in with you after tomorrow night's game. Uh, thanks a lot for checking in with us tonight.
2: Shamper me, amigo. Buenos noches.
1: All right, there he goes, Jose Moda, 866-987-2570. He mentioned Tony Gonsolin. Tony Gonsolin is going to throw a bullpen session here in San Francisco tomorrow. We'll see how he feels after that. And Dave Roberts, the last couple of days, has started to allude that Tony Gonsolin may not have the traditional starter's role if he's able to make it back for the NLDS. And if he can't make it back for the NLDS, Same story for the NLCS where he may be in a limited capacity because he's not able to build back up. Let's face it, there's only about three more weeks to go until game one of the NLDS. Uh, Tony has got to start ramping up here uh, on another level to be ready to go for the first round of the postseason, and tomorrow's a big day a bullpen session. It's one thing just to play catch on the grass, it's another thing to push yourself and raise the intensity in a bullpen session. So, tomorrow will be a good indication on whether or not he is going to take the next steps forward to try to come back in any sort of capacity for the postseason 866 let's go out to vancouver washington bob you're on dodger Hello. talk with david vasay hi bob
2: hi dave just want to say you do very good at what you do i got a question for you on next year they're enlarging the bases by two inches i guess Has there been any stats down as how it affects infield singles or stolen bases?
1: Well, Major League Baseball is trying to claim that it's going to encourage more attempts of stealing bases. It's not. It's not going to encourage anybody to steal more bases. What it may do is avoid injuries at first base. I would say that's the only benefit. But the players I've spoken to, Bob, current and former, believe enlarging the bases is ridiculous and not going to have any sort of bearing on the way the game is played
2: that's my gut feel too but i just wanted to know here to hear what you had to say
1: yeah that's the that's the consensus i'm getting back from players that i've spoken to bob the bases thing uh, i don't know why they're doing that uh obviously rob manfred's not listening to guys that played this game or have the experience he's listening to people that um, might be in suits and never been in a baseball uniform
2: okay well keep up the good work dave
1: Thanks, Bob. Thanks for listening to us up there. 866-987-2570 is the phone number. Uh, The Dodgers are starting to get some of the reinforcements back here. Yancy Almonte is also going to pitch a simulated game in the next couple of days. The Dodgers got Tommy Canely back, pitched in his first game on Wednesday night and was effective. Blake Trinan is still feeling good, and David Price even told me that he's on his way back. He expects to be activated on the next home He's going to throw a live BP or simulated game at Dodger Stadium when they return home, and then from there he expects to be activated. So uh, these Dodger relievers are coming back, and look, uh, it's a big part of the Dodgers sorting through what they have ...for the postseason because you don't want to bring a pitcher back after just a couple of appearances. You don't know what you have with them. You actually want to get your eyes on them a little bit more, and that's why you're going to see a lot of Tommy Canely, I would imagine. That's why when Yancy Almonte is activated, you're going to see him often. You're going to see Star Gratterall often. The Dodgers need to know what they have in these pitchers. Um, They they need to know if they are healthy, if they're effective, and more importantly for the pitchers to get some work in. You don't want your second or third game to be in a playoff game. That's not where you want to dial it up. You want to dial it up here in the last 19 games of the regular season. Speaking of dialing it up, Julio Urias certainly has dialed it up for the Dodgers since 2020. He's going for his 17th win of the year. Since last July or since last year, Julio is 35 and 10 with an ERA just over two. That's how good he's been. His record this year is 16 and 7 with an ERA of 2.30, and there is a great story on Julio and his family in the LA Times, written by Jorge Castillo. He actually went down to Julio's hometown in Mexico and spent time with his family. It's a must-read if you're a Dodger fan, and uh, Jorge Castillo is one of the best. Tomorrow night's game begins at 6:10 here at uh, in San Francisco, actually 6:05. first pitch tomorrow night with Julio Urias on the mound. And our coverage begins at 5 o'clock with Morongo Casino Dodgers on deck. Thanks to Colin Yee back at our Burbank studio. Thanks to Jake Warner out here in San Francisco. And before we say goodnight, there was not a home run hit, but we still had our Daniels Jewelers home run forecast. And we would like to congratulate... Johnny Lee from Irvine. Johnny receives a $50 Daniels Jewelers gift card for correctly predicting no home runs in the game. For your chance to win a $50 gift card good at over 100 Daniels locations, go to AM570LASports.com, keyword home run. In case you missed any of the show, you can find it on the iHeartRadio app, and I strongly encourage you to find the Trey Turner pre-game conversation on the iHeartRadio app. We talked about the team and also his pending free agency. Once again, the final score from Oracle Park in San Francisco tonight, the Dodgers win their 99th game of the season, shutting out the Giants 5 to nothing. Have a great rest of your night. We'll talk to you tomorrow. See ya.